Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another useful and interesting Chinese saying. This is Laszlo Montgomery warmly welcoming you back to the Chinese Sayings Podcast. Cheng Yu's are us. For this week's offering, coming off the heels of Sima Hui, the Hao Hao Xianshang, we're back with an oldie from the golden age of Chinese sayings, the Zhou Dynasty, 1046 to 256 BC. And today we travel back to the Warring States period, early 6th century BC, to the state of Jin, located mostly in today's southern Shanxi province. And it's specifically during the time of Duke Jing that this story takes place. There were two other Duke Jings of Jin, but they were a different tone and different characters. Duke Jing, Jin Jing Gong, reigned there from 599 to 581 BC. One of the other two Duke Jings will be the final one to rule in Jin State before it was partitioned a century later into Han, Zhao, and Wei. And our story today comes straight to us from Zuo Qiuming's Zuo Zhuan, Mr. Zuo's Annals, which serves as a commentary of the Spring and Autumn Annals, attributed to the great sage himself, Confucius. This story I'm about to tell you can be found in the chapter entitled Changgong Shunyan. Let's break the four characters down, shall we? Bing means a disease or sickness. Ru means to enter. Gao by itself means fat, grease, or oil. And it could also mean a paste or a cream. However, it also has an obscure third definition, meaning the vital organs of the body. The character Huang in Chinese medicine is the part of the body between the heart and the diaphragm. I'm not sure about today, but back in days of yore, if you had cancer or any serious ailment in this critical layer in your abdomen, it was curtains for you. So, being Ru Gao Huang, the disease has entered that part of the body that is incurable. I suppose this one sort of gives itself away as far as its potential meaning is concerned, but we can't say for sure, and it's one heck of a story how we got this one. So let's get to the gusher behind this Chinese saying. Like I said, we're in the final year of the reign of Duke Jing of Jin, 581 BC. One thing about Duke Jing was that he had this very hateful and scheming concubine, and for reasons that are not clear... There ended up being two members of this Zhao family in particular, Zhao Tong and Zhao Kuo, who had somehow earned the concubine's ire. And feeling somewhat miffed and slighted at what these two had said, she went and whispered in the ear of her husband, the duke, about how these two were up to no good. And she was convincing enough whereby Duke Jing had these two honorable men executed. And not only that... Yeah, their entire families killed as well. The entire Zhao clan. Well, as you can imagine, this whole thing was shocking to many people at the royal court. And several of Duke Jing's closest advisors asked him how he could do such a thing after so many decades and decades of Zhao family loyalty to the Jin royal house. That must have made Duke Jing feel a large degree of remorse because... He felt terrible about what he went and did. And to repent 
He had one of the sons of a Zhao concubine named as the official heir to the Zhao family name and restored the fortunes of the family by granting this son property and wealth. And in so doing, Duke Jing assuaged his guilt about what he did, you know, exterminating the entire Zhao clan. Well, not long afterwards, Duke Jing had a horrible nightmare where some ghastly spirit with long flowing hair visited him, making a big ruckus and wailing like a banshee. And this being, whatever it was, announced itself as from the Zhao family. And he screeched at Duke Jing for killing him and all his sons. And he told the Duke that heaven had granted him the power to choose a punishment to make Duke Jing pay for what he had done. The following morning, when he awoke, Duke Jing had his people summon the royal shaman or witch doctor to interpret what in the heck was the meaning of this horrible nightmare and what actions he should take in the face of such threats. The witch doctor arrived on the scene, and as Duke Jing began to recount his memories of the nightmare, this shaman, or Wu, held up his hand to interrupt Duke Jing. And then the witch doctor eerily recounted in the minutest detail what the duke had dreamt that night. The duke cried out, asking, What does this mean? How can it be interpreted? The shaman just looked at him and replied, You will not live long enough to taste the first harvest of wheat next year. Duke Jing pleaded with the shaman for more insight and advice on what he should do. But this shaman had nothing further to say. And not very long afterwards, Duke Jing began to feel quite ill and knew something was wrong. The next state over to the west of Jin was Qin. Qin State was mostly in and around Shanxi province. They had some doctor of repute there who Duke Jing invited to his palace to examine him. So he arranged for this doctor to come to the Jin capital in southern Shanxi to find out why he was feeling like he was. So this doctor rode east towards the capital, and the night before he was scheduled to arrive, once again, Duke Jing had another horrific dream. This time he was visited by these two bizarre and mischievous childlike spirits. And as they circled the sleeping Duke Jing, one said to the other, Brother, our host is sending for a good doctor who will do harm to us. He is soon to arrive. How shall we escape him? The other one grinned malevolently and suggested, How would you like to hide with me deep in the membranes above our host's heart? This was met with a knowing smile. No one would find them there. The morning after, Duke Jing awoke, shaken from his dream and not knowing what it meant. That same day, the renowned doctor from the state of Qin arrived and was immediately taken to see Duke Jing. Upon examining Duke Jing, the doctor sighed and said, There is nothing I can do. The disease has penetrated so deep that it is lying in between the membrane above your heart. Neither acupuncture needles nor surgical tools will be able to reach it, and it is too potent for any pill or medicine. He uttered those four characters, Bing Ru Gao Huang. The disease had entered his Gao Huang, that part of the body which, if afflicted, could never be cured. Well, not back then, anyway. 
and with that strange and terrible dream still fresh in his memory, Jin Jing Gong knew the doctor was right. So he sent the doctor away and amply compensated him for his troubles. So it was a difficult summer for Duke Jing as he lay ill and dreaded the coming of the autumn harvest. And one afternoon, when the wheat was harvested, one of his people ceremoniously presented the first harvest to Duke Jing, and the Duke didn't feel any worse than he ever did, and he knew right there the witch doctor was wrong. He said I'd be dead before I could partake of the next wheat harvest. Now it's here before me, and for nothing I've been stressing out about this. The Duke clapped his hands in delight and called for the witch doctor at once. Then he demanded his kitchen staff to grind down the wheat, turn it into flour, and prepare him a meal at once. Not long afterward, the Wu, or witch doctor, he arrived on the scene and faced the duke in his chambers. And angry Duke Jing grimaced and said to the Wu, You said I wouldn't live long enough to taste the next harvest of wheat. Yet this day has come, and I am alive and well and here before me is a bowl of wheat from the first harvest. And for all the mental agony this Wu had caused to Duke Jing of Jin, he ordered him executed at once, and he was frog-marched out of there and killed. And would you know it, right at the moment the Duke was about to tuck into this royal dish, he felt a pain in his abdomen that was so great that he knew right away this was it. He was about to die. The sensation in his guts was so painful that he asked to be carried to the water closet. And it was right there, on the royal bathroom floor, just like Elvis, that Duke died. And indeed, just as the witch doctor had prognosticated, he did not live to taste anything from the next wheat harvest. And the reason he did not live was because the Bing Ru Gaohuang the disease had already entered his gaohuang, that part of the chest in between the heart and the diaphragm, which in Zhuoqiu Ming's day was a part of the body that was out of reach of any cure or procedure known to humankind at that time. So it's in situations where someone has fallen ill and isn't given long to live, and someone asks if there's any hope, this chengyu is used as a kind of euphemism for saying that it's a terminal illness and no cure exists. It's beyond a cure. But there's another way this idiom could be used in a less mortal way to humans. Let's say that your life isn't in danger, but you find yourself in a hopeless situation. Being Ru Gaohuang, nothing can save you. Your goose is cooked. If some information or damaging images were released on social media that incriminates someone or a company, no matter how they try to contain it, forget it. Being Ru Gaohuang, nothing you can do. It's too late. The damage is done, and whatever is going to happen will happen. Things are beyond repair. The poison is too deep. There's no rectifying the situation or, or saving the relationship. If relations between countries or between certain ethnic groups get so out of hand and acrimonious that no amount of contrition or diplomatic negotiations can save it, give up. It's over between those two. Being Ru Gaohuang, it's beyond the point of salvation and nothing can be done to make it better. So no matter whether you're using this saying in the context of a fatal illness 
are in a hopeless situation where nothing can save you. Bing Ru Gao Huang, the disease has penetrated the Gao Huang, that part of your anatomy where you don't want to experience any dreaded disease. I hope no one ever has to use this one anytime soon, but just the same. You might hear someone else utter this one day. So now you're completely wise to the story behind this great Chengyu that, as I said, comes to us direct from the chronicles of Zhuo Ming, known as the Zhuo Zhuan. Once again, we salute wonderful Emma, working all hours of the night in the teacup Chengyu Yanjiu Zhongxin in Edinburgh. Thank you, Emma. And on behalf of everyone here at the main office in Los Angeles, California, this is Laszlo Montgomery wishing y'all the very best and in inviting each and every one of you to come back next time for another exciting episode of the Chinese Sayings Podcast. <laughs>